welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, my co-host, Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Sean. How are you? Good. I'm so glad you're bringing one of your friends to the table, Connie. And I'm yeah. doing great, by the way. I kind of missed that part. But because uh, she's this woman who you introduced me to before, and I met her, I think, at your Christmas party, mm-hmm. actually, who yeah. owns an antique store, who has this long history of business, and she's had visitation encounters with God. But I mean, she's like a she's the, like one of the who's who of the antique world, mm-hmm. and which is a very interesting space, you know, like when you deal with that. And so I'm excited to talk to her because I think for our listeners, it's good to hear people at the beginning of their career, the middle of their career, and then also who are already way seasoned experts in their career who've had an encounter with God that's made a difference in their life. So I'm super excited. Yeah. Let me tell you about her. In, um, in 1976, she opened the McNally Antiques Company, and it started in Palm Springs, and then it moved to Rancho Santa Fe, California. In 1993, because she loved silver, somehow God led her into this uh, editor and publisher of Silver Magazine. <laughs> of course. <laughs> that, why not? She, that she later sold. Um, and she, she continues with silver magazine and the other thing she's been listed in the who's who and has been voted best antique dealer in San Diego concurrently for several years. Uh, she's a philanthropist. She's, she supports many local charities. There was one that she's particularly proud of called the country friends and kids corpse. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Yeah. She's got such, such an amazing provenance. And, uh, I think our listeners are going to love her. And she had an encounter with Jesus who's going to tell us about, and she calls it, it's kind of a Catholic term. What is it? It's a Christophany. Christophany. She's a Greek Orthodox. Which is so and, amazing. And the funny thing is she's such a nice woman. She's kind of like well-mannered, but when the Greek comes out in her as both <laughs> a business owner and sales lady, I don't know if we'll see it, but um, just know that that's there. That's awesome. Well, I think it's, again, really important for us when we're on our journey in our career, if we're starting a business or if it's just the career drivenness or influence that we hear from people like Connie, especially as Christians, because you hear so many layers through her story. I think it preaches a thousand sermons to somebody who, you know, pictures worth a thousand words and someone's life stories worth a thousand sermons. It's like mm-hmm. it preaches so much. And I feel like a lot of times someone in their 20s or 30s or 40s doesn't take enough time to listen or hear these kinds of curated stories because it's just not, it's foreign. It's like that person's already done that. She's, she's played backgammon with Lucille Ball. I mean, like those, those kinds of stories where some people may not know who Lucille Ball is anymore, you know, who are listening to this podcast. I love Lucy, right? I love Lucy. I love Lucy. I hope you know who she is, but (laughs) it's one of those things where it's important to hear someone's experience and how God operated them because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I love that we're having someone on who's seasoned like this. I guess she's probably one of the most unique people we've had on. Yes, for sure. Well, next, Connie McNally. Hey, my fellow explorers. We have a brand new book out. And if you've ever been given a word that you're a Joseph, an Esther, a Solomon, or a Daniel, you need to learn how to hear God the way that they did. You need to have that place inside of you that connects to God, that can believe for his solutions on the world today and for his problem-solving ability, his wisdom, his strategy. And so we've written this book called Wired to Hear, and it's connecting God's voice to your career and place of influence. 
You are gonna love this book. I wanna encourage you to get it today. My friend Bob Hassan, who does Exploring the Marketplace with me and myself, wrote this to take you on a journey of how to succeed in your place of career with God's voice and with connection to Him. Visit Bowles Ministries today and look up Wired to Hear or go to any bookstore you know and you should be able to find Wired to Hear. But get it, review it, and share it with someone else. Well, welcome back to Exploring the Marketplace. And we have Bob Hassan. And Bob, you have your friend Connie McNally in your home studio with you, which is so exciting. Tell us about how you guys met and welcome to the show, Connie. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, when I first met Connie, I really loved her husband, Bill, (laughs) because he's nice. Connie and Bill (laughs) had this beautiful antique store in Rancho Santa Fe. And my wife started going in there. And pretty soon she kept saying, you have to come with me because we're going to buy antiques. <laughs> and so I would go in and Connie is the nicest person on the planet. And she's so unassuming. And before I knew it, we were walking out with truckloads of antiques that cost more <laughs> money than I thought I had. And she was just so sweet. She was just like, well, you need them. <laughs> That's and, then so when, awesome. and then I was, I was not so nice back then. I would negotiate with her. He was and, a negotiator. Yes. Of course, and, he still is. And well, I stopped with her. I stopped because um, I realized that she's God's gift to antiques and everybody else that knows her. And she, it got so bad, Sean, that she would say, oh, you don't know if you like this? Well, we'll just send a truck to your house and we'll place it. And then you can see if you like it. Live with it a little. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you knew what you were doing. And yeah. Connie, I mean, one of the things about you is obviously we've heard your bio, so we know that you're... You've been a business owner and multifaceted in all of the career choices you've made, silver expert, all these things. I was most fascinated by the fact that you were a backgammon world champion, which I think is like, I love that so much because we, <laughs> we grew up playing backgammon, which is so fun that that was part of your life. But I want to kind of hear where the God journey started in your career. Do you remember back to where, like, was there a moment or was it just part of your life where you were walking with God in your career? No, it was a large moment. Um, I saw Jesus. I had a Christophany. Wow. And it changed my whole life. Can you explain to me what a Christophany is? Um, I was in bed thinking of how I could kill myself. Oh, oh my uh, God. Because I had lived the greatest life. I'd been everywhere, done everything, and didn't feel there was anything left to do. Wow. And, um, I was awake, Bill was asleep, and I saw this fog coming under the draperies. And I had reached out, I had cried out, and I said, "Um, I have no reason to live anymore. My son will be fine. Uh, I'm okay to go. I've done everything. I've seen everything. And I'm not happy uh, in my marriage. I'm not happy in anything. And as this fog started rolling in, um, I watched it, and it full-bloomed into Jesus standing at the foot of my bed. I pinched myself. I knew I was awake. Prior to that, as I'm sitting in bed, I had a TV go on in my mind, and my life passed before me. Hmm. And I recall saying, oh, I've seen in movies or I've read in books, when your life goes by you, you're going to die. So I won't have to kill myself. That I was trying to figure out how wow. to do this. 
Then I saw my mother pregnant with me. I saw my entire life up till the time I was 16. And then it jumped to 19 when I'm walking down the aisle with my Mm. husband, Richard Benson. And then it returned to the present time. So I really took notice of that. And I said, well, wait a minute. What happened before I die? What happened between 16 and 19? And uh, again, this movie went on in black and white. And there's mother pregnant with me all the way up to the time I'm 16. And it jumped again to 19, walking down the aisle with my dad to baby married. I said, no, 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 I can't go yet. I have to know. And the third time it started, and we got to when I'm 16, and I'm I'm of Greek descent. I was raised, born and raised a Greek Orthodox. And um, my grandmother had could read the cards, not tarot cards, regular cards. And my mother could read the coffee grounds. And I had a gift of reading people. And uh, I saw where Satan came into my life and money became my God because my my girlfriend and I were doing the cards and we were promising to get married to rich men and to become rich and famous, et cetera. And I saw that. And, oh, my gosh, that's when the fog came in and standing at the foot, it ended, standing at the foot of my bed was Jesus with his arms outstretched with the crown of thorns on his head Mm. and with his arms outstretched and I could see the nail holes. And he said to me, Connie, why don't you ask me into your heart? Wow. And I started, I said, Jesus, come into my heart. And I started crying and I couldn't stop. I was sobbing. It woke Bill up. Up to this time, he was asleep. In the meantime, when I said that, Satan, get out of my life, was the first thing I said. And then Jesus appeared. My dog, Happy Holden, who William Holden, the actor, had given me, jumped up and screamed. And my cat ran up to the bed. Everything was going on. And then Jesus appeared. And then I started sobbing. And Bill woke up. And he said, what happened? I said, I just saw Jesus. And he said, oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) And from that moment on, my entire life changed. That was December 19, 1976. Wow. Bill and I have been married a year. Oh, my gosh. And so it's really interesting to think about how Jesus chose. He kind of came as the suffered for you, Jesus, the one who was your Messiah. He came and really showed himself off to you. And then he, it had to have changed the trajectory of your life. It had to have. So what started happening in your life from that point on? That was December 19th, December 24th. We had been invited to a large party of a very wealthy friend of mine, a baron and baroness. And at the party, uh, God took the veils off my eyes and I saw him as a demonic person. I mean, it was it was awful, and my son and my, his friend were there, and we'd brought another friend, and I felt I, we when we walked in, they had some Hindu chanting and making curry, <clears throat> and I felt I have to get out of here. I've got to get out of wow. here. So we left, and when we got home, uh, 
Bill and the boys went to sleep, and I'm thinking, forgive me, Jesus, because while we were there, I had a puff of a greeny something that makes you hallucinate, and it was awful. And I repented. I got on my knees, and I started sobbing in the end, saying, forgive me, Lord. I will never do anything like that again. And Jesus appeared to me a second time. Oh, wow. This time, as I'm opening my eyes and lifting my head from the bed, I'm on my knees. I see these sandaled feet, two pairs, small pair and a larger pair. And as I raised my eyes, it was blinding. Jesus was clothed in white, and he came to me as Lord, first wow. time with Savior. And next to him was this little girl clothed in white. And he said to me, you are but a babe. You will walk with me. <laughs> I got the full body chills right now. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> that was 45 years ago. What a promise. What an amazing promise. And so, I mean, because now you've lived this life that we've got to hear some of your bio. We got to hear a little bit. But what an amazing thing. He set you up for so much hope when you were so hopeless. Amen. And you're such a powerful woman. You're a leader. So you're not just somebody who's going to, you know, be, be happy to be quiet, little church mouse. You're somebody who's going to go into the world and do real things. So what was the first kind of you, what was the trajectory or the, the first kind of adventure you took with God after this? Well, it was a miracle because we were staying at a friend of mine's home because we had been evicted from our home. When I married Bill, I owned, I was doing a backgammon club and I was teaching Lucille Ball, Frank Sinatra. I've I taught all the stars, most of them. Let, how me, to play let me interrupt for a second. Let me interrupt for a second. One of the things about Connie is she has this breadth of people that she knows, famous people, movie stars from Palm Springs to Las Vegas to. I have some Hollywood. questions later yes. when we're alone together. Yes. I'll come down to Bob's house. I'm going to spend time with you guys. I have questions. <laughs> And the, the the amount of people that she's impacted is just incredible. So I just wanted to kind of set that stage. We already heard about Baron and Baroness and William Holden and Lucille Ball now, but go ahead, Connie. And and so I had an antique shop at the time, or I opened an antique shop with my friend uh, Shoemaker. She was married to William Shoemaker. Babs was a good friend of mine. And Willie Shoemaker was the famous jockey. So we opened up a little shop in Palm Springs, an antique shop, because I loved antiques and I'd grown up with them. And um, two of my chores growing up was to fluff up the downfield sofa and clean the silver. So in cleaning the silver, I saw it went from dark to beautiful. It was instant gratification. And also it had marks on it. I didn't understand so I started to become curious about it. And we had this antique shop. Uh, we had it uh, from 1976 to 78. Uh, and even, um, what do they call it? The magazine, uh, People Magazine sent someone out to interview Babs and William came and me. And we never saw it in print, but anyhow, because I got divorced shortly thereafter. So. Uh, I was thrown into this life uh, of antiques after being playing backgammon, and that didn't work, and it all went downhill to when I saw mm -hmm. the Lord. 
actually it was 75 I had the shop with Babs. So uh, <clears throat> Bill and I uh, were involved with the discipleship movement at that time. And what began in the spirit ended in the flesh, but it was good mm -hmm. in several ways for us. We had some great teachings from Derek Prince and for sure. Tra Charles Simpson and wow. uh, all kinds of things. When we were, I had deliverance. I mean, it was it was interesting how God had opened all these doors, and uh, we moved to Orange County so Bill could get a job and be the head of the house. And uh, I <clears throat> didn't know what to do because I love to work. So I got a job at a bookstore, a Bible bookstore, and I sold more Bibles than anyone had ever sold. <laughs> and uh, they promoted me to manager within a month or two. And I did that for a while. And yet I still love my antiques. And I would buy certain things to resell. And God showed me I'm a merchant. And I mm. loved Proverbs 31 woman. And I... Um, felt I could do this. So we moved. Uh, we were doing antique shows uh, while Bill was working, and we came to Del Mar, and uh, I would buy things, and we'd set up a booth, and, and I was quite successful. Um, and then I began to really start into silver, and so I became known for my silver. And we had two people uh, they were a gay man and another gay man who owned a block in Rancho Santa Fe and wanted me to open a shop there. Wow. And they kept coming after me. And I said, finally, huh, okay. And in the meantime, I was volunteering in Rancho Santa Fe at uh, Country Friends. And I rose up in the ranks and was about to become president when. Uh, in fact, I, I was the chairman of the out, largest outdoor fashion show ever for wow. Country Friends. Anyhow, we had a lady walk into the shop, and she came to me and said, uh, I have 10, I have 12, a dozen Sterling Silver Tiffany chargers. I took this lady upstairs to meet Lynn, who was the only person that could receive merchandise and fill out the contract and all that. Well, it turned out she was married to John Jay the Sixth. He was our first, John Jay the First was our first Supreme Court it's justice, and he God. was the governor of New York, and he wow. was Americana, and I love our country. So yeah. <clears throat> I got to meet John Jay the Sixth, who took a liking to me, and we became close friends. And he had been taken by an antique dealer. He had a portrait done of John Jay, a portrait that was done of John Jay by um, Gilbert Stewart. And he sold it to this man for $100,000 because he told him he could get that for him. Well, he turned around and sold it for over a million. Wow. And so John wow. was leery of... You know, and yeah. and he came one day, we were having dinner with he and M.M., and he brought out a rattle, and he said, Connie, is there any uh, market for John Jay's rattle? 
I said, oh, my gosh, yes. And he brought it out and showed it to me. And I said, John, this can't be John Jay's rattle. It's 19th century. And John Jay was in the 18th century. And he said, well, I have a, a, a letter from the city of New York when they returned it. He said, I'll get the letter. So he went and got the letter. And the letter said they were returning two rattles to him. I said, well, where's the other rattle? That would be John Jay's. That this rattle belonged to Peter Jay, John Jay's son. Wow. And he said, I don't have another rattle, but I'll call my sister. And his sister was 90 years old, living in the East Coast somewhere. So he phoned his sister and she said, I don't know about a rattle, but I know about the gold box. And he said, what gold box? Well, in 1941, John J. VI was called into the Army, and he was with the uh, ski regiment. It's a great division of skiers in World War II. And when he was called into the Army, his father had put the J. Box on loan to the um, Metropolitan Museum of Art. It was a gold freedom box that was wow. given to John Jay in wow. 1784. Five were made. <clears throat> Washington, George Washington, oh my God. Von Neumann, <laughs> uh, Clinton. Um, who was the other one? And John Jay. There was a fourth one. And only one that was in existence at this time, and it was at... Um, Von Steuben, and it was at uh, Yale on display. Oh, my gosh. And that was the only one left other than this one, which had sat from 1941 to 1991, 50 years, in the Metropolitan Museum of Art. So I said, John, call the Met, show them your father's will, and get the box. So. John called, and they said, well, would you like to donate it to us? And he said, no, why didn't you tell me I owned it? He didn't know it. Wow. So there was God coming in to help John Jay, who also needed some money at that time and could use it. And here was this gold freedom box that wow. no one even knew belonged to him. He sent, they sent it. And uh, it arrived, and MMJ, his wife, phoned me. Connie, the crown jewels have arrived. She <laughs> said, I can't believe what, how this is wrapped. And, oh, my goodness. Well, along with it was a large document that was given by the city of New York to John Jay, presented with the box and the four others to the other people. Uh, it was pristine. It was in the museum 50 years. So wow. the document was pristine. The gold box was gorgeous. It was done by one of the best uh, goldsmiths of the 18th I century. And it had two Indians on it, uh, the city of New York symbol, whatever that was. It, it was fantastic. I started to cry. It really touched me because it was American history. And, and uh, I was so happy for John. Mm. 
so that began my career <laughs> in high-end merchandise. <laughs> oh, Connie. I took these two gentlemen up on their offer and opened a um, small shop nice. in Rancho Santa Fe in 1991, 92. And that's when Rancho Santa Fe was really just developing into what it is now. It was already good, but it was like no. Really... It was better then. It was <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it, it was, was a beautiful area. It's one of the most pristine areas in California. And a, a couple of years later, we were voted the best zip code in the United States. Yeah, for sure. But in any event, uh, so I got to share the Lord with my two landlords. That's awesome. <laughs> and they liked me. Uh, they would come over every day to talk to me and see what we're doing and how's everything going. And uh, in the meantime, I had a, it was a small shop on Via de Santa Fe, not on the main thoroughfare. So this is another of God's miracles. God gave me the J box so we could move from East County to live in Rancho. I was working in Rancho, coming every day mm. at to country friends and everything, and it was taking its toll on me. So anyhow... Uh, God opened this door. We could do the small shop because I was doing shows and uh, I was doing 15 shows a year and managing the shop too. So it was a little wow. Finally, in 1993 or 92, we opened uh, the small shop and um, God brought the J-Box into my life and I started to go to Christie's and to Sotheby's to see if they were interested in selling it at auction. Wow. I had had a, a history with Sotheby's in silver department uh, because I had found some great silver pieces and mm. sold them through them. And so they knew me. Christie's, on the other hand, was always very aloof. And uh, so I preferred Sotheby's. But I went to both of them with the J box to get John J the sixth, the best deal wow. I could get for him. So <laughs> it's really interesting. I got us the front cover of uh, the Americana issue. So we signed the contract and it sold at Sotheby's for over five, $550,000. Wow. Uh, and that was the start of my career. I love how God took one item and it he was did. just the marking item that, that kind of set the trend or set the precedence for the rest of your life. Well, and it was so cool that he brought that relationship in with someone who didn't trust people like you anymore, dealers. That's right. And God said, no, this is this woman, Connie is someone who's trustworthy and gave you a heart for them. And then a heart for you it was done relationally, which again, this is such a prophetic journey story, how God just led you and how he opened up the door for this box, which opened up again. You were already doing everything else, but there's something special about even now you collecting the right antiques at the right time and bringing them into auction markets and into places that people don't always go. And, and we don't always hear these as kingdom stories. So this is so profound. This is, I love such this. A, this is such a kingdom story because it didn't stop there. Uh, my father used to say to me, Connie, the best words are the words you don't say. 
learn to listen. And I love to listen and I love people. Yes, That's Jesus gave me that love of people. Mm. So people would come in and they would, we'd start talking and I'd say, would you like me to pray for you? I love to wow. pray. They said, yes. So I started praying for people. And the more I, people I prayed for, the more people came that wanted prayer. <laughs> it, it grew. It grew. The antique slash prayer center. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it kept me fulfilled. Yeah. It, it, it gave me a purpose. And yeah. people that met me knew uh, I was someone who loved the Lord. Do you have one specific story that stands out? I had taken an ad out in a magazine I'd never seen before called Silver Magazine. And I took an ad out and I was very happy with it because people started calling from that ad. I wow. put a beautiful piece of silver in it. And all of a sudden, no one was calling me to put in another ad. So I phoned, found out the lady, she had a one-man show. She did it. She was owner, trainer, jockey. She, wow. <laughs> she did all of it. Uh, had passed away. Oh, she was wow. a young woman, and her husband was selling the magazine, and uh, he was a fireman, and he didn't know anything about any of it. So God opened that door. I said, I, I said to Bill, I said, I think we should buy the magazine. He said, What do you know about that? I knew nothing. I've never been an editor <laughs> or publisher, <laughs> but I felt the Lord told me to go meet with this man. And we went, we drove to Orange County. We went, Whittier, as a matter of fact, and we met with him and I bought the magazine on time and uh, had no idea what I was going to do. I, I started getting boxes of all these magazines and articles and things. and. I brought it from a little loving hands at home to a slick uh, magazine called Silver Magazine. And we had 2,500 subscribers all over wow. the world. Wow. That is so cool. I love how God led you to that because there's this, there's this tension that we have when we're walking with God in the kingdom in our career. We don't realize that God's going to give us something that's outside someone's our field. It's still in our expertise, but it's something that we wouldn't normally choose ourselves. Exactly. It's something that God chooses for us. And I love that story because so many people are listening, watching your career now through your stories. Now we're, we're looking at 40 plus years of your career and hearing how God led you in different directions. And I think that's so inspirational for people who are starting out or people in their first 10 or 15 years because they listen to your story and they go, I need those moments. I need my J box. I need my solar magazine. I Amen. need what God has for me. Yes. So thank you, Connie, so much for all that you shared with us. You're so, so valuable. Yes. I do want to add, I, I did a uh, editorial every, I, it was bi-monthly every other month. And at the bottom, I put in uh, Psalm 12 verse um, about the silver being, I just forgot. The, the Lord's, song. yeah, the silver's the Lord's, yeah. Yes, yes. You know, yes. You, know, you know what's interesting for our listeners is she said, I bought it over time. Okay, so let's stop. What that means is, she negotiated with this fireman and said, I don't have any money, but I want to buy the silver magazine. Can you, can I extend payments? And so for all of our listeners, like 
anything's possible. Amen. Yeah. Anything's possible. And she did it with this and she paid the firemen and the family back and she took the magazine to different heights. And then later in her career, she ended up selling the magazine. So yeah. Sonic, Connie, so cool. Connie, thank you so much. This has just been amazing. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.